Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we spend time with Tracy Kim. She teaches at Robert C. Fissler School in Fullerton. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. So we're so glad you're here. Um, we're going to start with just a general question about like, how did you get into teaching? What was that like for you? Um, well, uh, all my life, I have to say, since um, I've been in like junior high, I've been teaching like uh, Bible study classes okay. or VBS, and you know, just helping out at church, or I'm just always interested in children. And so um, I knew I loved kids, but um, you know, I did my undergraduate study at UCLA, and my parents. <laughs> being difficult Asian parents wanted me to obviously go into the medical field. Oh. So I was a biology major and I thought, I love kids, I'll be, you know, a pediatrician. Sure, yeah. And then uh, and then I took, you know, a couple of biology classes and then I got into organic chemistry and I hated it. <laughs> I could barely pass. Here, here. Yeah, and I realized, okay, this is definitely not the field for me. Um, and so I decided, okay, this is not my track. Um, and I became a psychology major. And, um, and you know, continued working all throughout college. I did all my classes late in the afternoon so that in the morning I could go and be a TA in a preschool. Oh, really? Yeah. And then um, and I realized, you know, this is just what I love. This is really what I love. But I could kind of sense that my parents weren't necessarily <laughs> wanting me to go into teaching, um, thinking it would, you know, be a difficult um, career. And then um, I, I graduated, and then I took a year off, and I decided I need to find out what it is that I want to do. So I was helping at schools, being a TA, and then with my psychology degree, I was um, uh, counseling abused girls and abused children. Oh. And so, you know, just beginning. And so um, I realized, you know, as much as I love children, teaching was always happy, fun, loving, you know, this sort of feel. And mm -hmm. then, you know, working with um, counseling, it was, it, was hard on, it was hard on me, you know. So emotionally, it was hard on me. So I realized, you know what, regardless of what my parents want or don't want, this is what I want to do. Mm. So I went back and got my uh, master's degree, and, and I haven't looked back since. I, I know exactly this is where I'm supposed to be. So yeah. Was there a moment of truth where you had to tell them or anything like that that you remember from that? Or how did you know, how did you tell them? Any significant moments from that kind of turning point? Well, it was definitely after, I mean, I already knew that I wanted to teach, but it was, you know, struggling with trying to keep my parents happy and pleasing mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And then realizing, you know, when I took that year off, this is my career, this is my job, this is my life uh, and my future, and I had no doubts that this is the love that I had for yeah. it. So I realized, um, yeah, mom, dad, and, and then when you are 
have such conviction in what you want yeah no one's gonna you know get in the way yeah so they're like you know what if that's what you want then go for it yeah so it was like you were owning that passion that was already there yeah finally kind of just you know relenting to that burning (laughs) that i (laughs) had so yeah so how was it getting into teaching where did you start your career so i um finished my master's degree and then I took a year off and went to Korea and I actually taught English there for a year just to get a different experience and do a little traveling and do something totally different um, before I started working and then so that experience I was teaching college students and adults okay so different and then uh, came back here and the school that I was a TA at um, I did actually a phone interview um, while I was in Korea, and uh, they asked me to, you know, come back and teach. Oh, wow. So, yeah, because I worked with some of the teachers there. and That's great. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I had a job lined up waiting at that time. So I went back to the school that I loved teaching at or being a TA at, and I was hired there, um, and that's kind of how it started. That's great. Yeah. Is there something from that teaching experience in Korea that you can reflect on being um, relevant to teaching here or or different? Any lessons learned um, in that different context? Well, it kind of goes along with the whole, um, you know, finally figuring out, you know, to have my own wings. And Mm -hmm. living in Korea, I've always lived very close to my parents and always been home. And being in Korea, living there for a year without anyone there, no friends, some family, but not living with the family, it really helped me to realize um, just to grow up, Mm -hmm. to be an adult, make my own decisions and... um, and then, and that I truly do love teaching, and mm-hmm. it's not just the kids that I love teaching; it's just teaching in general. Yeah. Just being able to um, teach someone something that they wanted to learn, yeah. and in, in the in the sense of adults, I mean, obviously they were there to learn English, and that I would be able to do that and entertain and still teach and kind of make a difference, yeah. um, even in adults' lives. That yeah. uh, I was definitely in the right profe- profession profession. (laughs) That's great. I was thinking about that phrase about kind of growing up and um, kind of being your own person. Mm -hmm. Has that in any way, have you seen that repeat like in your teaching career where like sometimes we have colleagues and we realize, well, the way they want to do things or the way the things they're interested in pursuing, I'm actually a different type of teacher. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that kind of being your own person once you were back here during your teaching career? Any sort of moments where you realize like oh i actually have to kind of stand up for my own view. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean definitely i think in any in any uh profession you're gonna experience that and so um i think strangely enough it's easier for me to stand up for myself when i'm talking to others than it is in front of my parents <laughs> because you don't want to disappoint yeah. when it comes to your parents and then you know when it comes to your you know colleagues you're, if you really have a reason I don't just argue for the sake of arguing I actually have valid reasons why I think oh I think this would work better Yeah. but um, yeah I mean that's actually a great segue into one of the, um, the quotes I did um, a little bit of pre-interview work mm-hmm. and I talked to Peter mm-hmm 
who my is husband. your husband. <laughs> I talked to Julianne, mm-hmm. who is my principal. Your principal and Kim Bass, mm-hmm. which uh, is my coworker. Your coworker. Yeah. So I wanted to bring out. Um, you talked about you don't you don't just argue for the sake of mm-hmm. argument, um, but one of those was a moment where um, you were part. Uh, I think it was Kim Bass. She said you're um, on the third grade PLC, um, and she said um, the principal had sort of selected the PLC to talk to um, the whole staff, mm-hmm. and she describes it as two extroverts and, <laughs> and you. Yeah. <laughs> and so she wrote, um, the two extroverts were thrilled to share, mm-hmm. and Tracy was then caught up in the process. This is what she wrote next. When Tracy speaks, though, people listen. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, it's very flattering. I think that that kind of goes along with the fact that because I do work with two extroverts, um, you know, a lot of times I didn't have to be in the forefront. I didn't Mm. have to, if I had, if I was with two people that were more introverted than I was, then I would feel like I needed to step up. Mm. But because I worked with two extroverts, I thought they want to talk. So I'll just kind (laughs) of, and then I don't want to bombard whoever we're talking to with so much that um, they're overwhelmed. So I just let them share and speak. And then if need be, you know, I would speak up. And so I think when you hear this, you know, usual people talking and then someone who usually doesn't talk says something, everyone turns around. <laughs> and maybe that's why. Um, she actually went on to elaborate. So it was interesting to hear mm-hmm. your take on it because she did share that as well as like, you know, um, when you rarely speak in front of a group, mm-hmm. then when you do, people listen. But mm-hmm. she actually adds um, that you're real, mm-hmm. quote unquote real, and teachers relate to your experiences because you're genuinely honest. Mm-hmm. And then that was actually um, the word that um, uh, Julianne shared when I said, tell me any bonus feedback. Mm-hmm. She said, Tracy is one of the most real people I know. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that honesty and like, what do you see that in yourself or? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do see that and it can be to a fault sometimes. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> but, tell me, tell me. <laughs> um, but I just, I think that I don't like, um, I don't like just fluff talk and I don't, I just want to hear it like it is. I don't want um, people to feel like they have to sugarcoat things for me. Just tell me and I'll do the same for you in any experience, whether it be, I mean, I have friends who have, you know, are pregnant, they're gonna go through childbirth or raising a kid, and I'll tell it, the good and the bad, just to be prepared so that when you go through it, you don't go through the dark times by yourself thinking you're the only one going through that. Mm. So with teaching as well, um, you know, if there's a new, new teacher on staff or a new person, I like to just be able to say, hey, you know, it, it's gonna, this is this what might happen, this is what might happen, mm. and it could go this way, but no, we did the same thing and it went through that, but, you know, we're here to support each other, or, um, or even with the coding, it's so new and there's a lot of pushback because people are afraid to try something that they have not been trained in, they don't know, or, um, even if they do receive training, they don't feel like experts. And so um, my huge thing is always, you know, 
you're never you're never going to be able to know as much um, that you think you need to know to teach. Mm. So just teach it, and then just follow along with them, and we're you know just learn it together. And I think you know when people come to visit and watch me teach coding, I th I say this is not always like this you know it's not always perfectly planned out sometimes we have all these glitches and sometimes kids ask me questions I have no idea right. and um, it's okay like we're figuring it out together and I actually tell the kids ahead of time too I don't try to act like I know everything anymore mm. that's definitely something I've learned like in the last five years um, or even ten years um, kids like to see you make mistakes <laughs> <laughs> and it makes them feel like you're human yeah. You're not this, you know, statue that talks up in the front and they can never make mistakes. Yeah. So I've heard you say something. Um, it's interesting. The way you describe yourself in front of students was the exact same way you describe yourself in front of adult visitors. Mm -hmm. Like you just, I tell them up front, mm -hmm. it's not always perfect. Yeah. So I think that's part of that being real. I think so, yeah. Um, but that's interesting. Beyond that, you also said the students like to see you make mistakes mm -hmm. um, and you're aware of that and so you allow it to happen or even set up you you kind of know it's going right. to happen right and so that's um so you're like creating a situation where you're going to be vulnerable mm -hmm. that you know they like that and that's going to draw them into learning mm -hmm. so do you how do you see that playing out with like colleagues like yeah, you can tell them it's not always perfect, but how do you model making mistakes um, or being vulnerable with the staff? Any examples that come to mind with that? I think that when they see, I think that we as teachers and I guess just perfectionists and just people in general, we always want to show our best foot forward. I mean, if you see Instagram, Facebook, nobody posts <laughs> pictures of them. Look at all my failures. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and actually people find it refreshing to see that sometimes you know that oh that's a real picture and I think that um, you know with your colleagues when you're able to show them your failures as well as your successes mm. then they feel that you are someone that they can relate to and, and that we can work on it together yeah. um, you have an example of that like I mean how do you show uh, an example of your failure to your colleagues like usually well, they're you know, not around. Yeah, well, I've been working <laughs> with my colleagues for a long time, especially okay. like Kim. I've yeah. been working with her for a long time. She, we're not at the same grade level anymore, but we did work together for a long time. And, you know, she also models that type of behavior where, you know, my life's not perfect. My classroom's not perfect. But just try it anyways and just do it. I don't know everything, but let's try it, you know. And, um, I've learned a lot from just that alone, just watching her in her technology. She just says, you know, let's just go for it. And um, that's kind of the message that I want to send to the next wave of people who are reluctant to try. Just yeah, try it. Just, just try go it. for it. It doesn't, yeah. you don't have to know all of it. Yeah. Um, and let your kids know, hey, this is my first year teaching this and it's going to be you know, I'm not going to know all the answers, but you know what? I bet you guys are going to figure out so much more mm. than I am, and you're going to teach me. And they get excited about that. Yeah. They get pumped up knowing that they might be in the front teaching the lesson, um, or they might be able to share something that the teacher didn't know. And yeah. I think that in and of itself is motivating because we're learning together as yeah. opposed to just me 
teaching and their learning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I think amongst our, when, it, when you asked me about with my colleagues, um, I'm fortunate enough to work with colleagues that don't always feel like everything needs to be perfect. Mm. And so we don't feel the need to always show only our best foot forward. Yeah. Um, you know, we work on it together, so. That's great. Yeah. So I have an example I think might relate to that. I don't know. But when I asked, <laughs> um, I asked Julianne about a moment that she thought of or that came to mind for her when I say, um, that my phrase was like when, when Tracy's being uniquely Tracy, mm -hmm. as only she can be. Mm -hmm. So she brought up the dancing granny. <laughs> what is that? Um, so we have a staff um, talent show every year, okay. or, or variety show. We don't necessarily have to have talent. And so um, <laughs> well we put. just do it to um, entertain you know, families and show kids your, your, your fun side. And it's a fundraiser for the school. And so um, we came up uh, with this. It's not even come up. It's just this. We ad libbed. You know, we came up with this thing where the grannies are in a senior home. Okay. And we act very grannyish, and we're old. And then when the senior center leader leaves the room, we start getting down to all this music. <laughs> and so we're like playing with the radio station, and every time some particular song comes on, it gets one or two grandmas up and they're like this is my song and then we start this is my jam and we start dancing and so I think everyone kind of tends to see me as always just um, the same you know like I don't if you get to know me you'll kind of know that I'm quirky and crazy but when I'm a teacher I'm always in teacher mode Teacher mode. Yeah, teacher I think mode. That's a good, yeah. I think we identify with that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Teacher mode outside of my classroom, but in my classroom, my kids see my quirky, crazy mm. side, and then um, and then close friends get to see that side of me. But the rest of the, you know, the rest of the just general public sees me as kind of always in teacher mode. And then um, for the teacher talent show, I, I. Um, you know, just got down up there, <laughs> <I just laughs> and got everyone down. was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> taken aback!" You know. But that's a great moment where you're being real mm -hmm. and being vulnerable mm -hmm. and not having to, you know, maintain teacher mode. Right. And um, it's interesting. It was it was a fundraiser. Like you had a reason mm -hmm. behind it. You were doing it for the community. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like an interesting way to give back yes. because people are seeing a special side of yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have to ask about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It was really fun. Um, I do have to ask about, you mentioned being real and you said, you know, if I had somebody I knew and they were going to have a child, I would tell them kind of, you know, how it's going to be and including like how it might be like in a, you know, hard way yeah. or... Um, so I asked the question, share a moment when Tracy, um, sorry, yeah, Tracy is being uniquely Tracy. Mm -hmm. So Peter, your husband mm -hmm. wrote, the day before our son was born, you called him and said, you think you're going into labor. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this story? <laughs> um, so he said it was his first time experiencing the events leading up to childbirth, and so he thought it was an emergency. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know what he's going to say next? Because he wrote like a novel. Like this, this <laughs> I is, do. I do know what he's going to like, say. He wrote all this. 
So and why I bet do you, you he did that on his iPhone. <laughs> why do you think he, he wrote, brought that up as a moment where you're being uniquely you? I, I know, I mean, he always talks about how, um, because when that happened, he was obviously flipping out and I said, <laughs> you don't need to come now. I'm just going to drive myself to the hospital. <laughs> he did write that. Yeah. And he's like, you can't drive yourself to the hospital because of what he sees on TV all the time. Right. And I said, no, it's, it's, this is going to be hours, hours and hours, if not half a day, a full day. I'm fine and I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. So I think he still thinks that that's kind of crazy, um, even though he knew it took a long time. Um, but it kind of describes my personality. I don't want to impose. I don't want to ask people to do things for me. I'll, I, I got it. I'll drive myself. I'm fine. My arms and my legs work. <laughs> so so part, part of um, what he kind of summarizes that story with was that he says she was my hero that day mm -hmm. so calm confident and determined is that how you see yourself um i try to be <laughs> <laughs> i strive to be yes i strive to be i try to i mean in terms of calm i think that comes from i always think before i react mm -hmm. and so it comes off as someone who's just always like calm but you know things are going on in my mind but i just think let's just wait and see give it a minute and then um before we react and um i think that's why people may come you know think that i'm <laughs> but i'm sure i'm i'm crazy inside my head too <laughs> so. that's great well we're getting close to to the end um one question that uh has occurred to me we we hired a not a lot of new teachers this year mm -hmm. um like 50 or more than 50 yes and i was wondering like what do you think um, they should remember, like a new teacher, somebody just starting out on their teaching journey. Any any things you think they might be um, likely to overlook, or some things you think that are particularly meaningful for somebody who's just starting out. Um, I actually have a, a new team member on my team. That's oh, okay. Pretty pretty um, very new, and so I think. If I were to just kind of imagine speaking to her, I would want to say, um, you know, it's it's overwhelming at first, especially when you come into this era of teaching, mm. this time period where mm. um, we have Common Core testing, all of these things that everyone has to do. But on top of that, um, if you come into a school that's very much pushing computer programming and wanting you to keep up with the latest and the greatest. I think that what I would say is baby steps, huge. Mm. Because with Writer's Workshop, Reader's Workshop, there's so many things and you know the teachers who have been doing it for a long time, we have a handle on certain things and we're trying to take new things on. And as a new teacher, I know you're going to want to do everything, but we can't do everything well so start with one thing and and um, one thing that maybe you love that you're most passionate about your subject mm. or mm. whatever it may be and put all of your um, energy into building that um, subject or area first and then the next year building on another area instead of trying to be good at everything and yeah. and and that you know 
we're not expecting you to be good at everything the first day, the first year. Yeah. You know, just kind of taking your time and, um, but being open to all avenues because you actually don't even know, you may not know what you have a newfound love for. I mean, I can say that yeah. <laughs> because of even with all this coding and the computer programming, I never would imagine that um, after, you know, being for teaching this long that this would have been something that I would have enjoyed and, and begun to enjoy. But, um, you know, I kind of feel like if I can do it, anyone can do it, you know. Anyone can start it, get a taste of it, and then you realize, wow, I actually do like this stuff. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and just being open to that because you don't know where it is that you're going to find that passion. So Yeah. I love that. Uh, we're kind of at time, but I did want to end with one word. Um, so I, one of the questions I asked was, if you had one word to represent, um, Tracy, what would it be? So Kim Bass said, her word for you is unexpected. <laughs> what do you think that means? I think that she thinks, she knows my personality. She knows I don't like to speak in front of other, others. I don't like to um, draw attention to myself. But, um, but I'm doing things <laughs> that she doesn't necessarily expect me to do and that she's pleasantly surprised. <laughs> it may be something along the lines of um, even like the granny dancing sort of thing. Like I'm, you know, I put my heart and soul into my dance <laughs> and you would never expect that I would do something like that. So something it. along the lines. Yeah, just when I do try to do something, I try to go for it. Yeah. Um, and uh, just make the best of it even though I'm not comfortable in it just try <laughs> you know that's interesting that um, that resonates with the word that your husband chose which mm -hmm. was gritty mm -hmm. it's just like grit like mm -hmm. don't giving up just throw it all, all in go for it mm -hmm. um, yeah Kim Bass also she mentioned creativity um, artistic and um, sense of humor which we <laughs> talked about with the dancing and just bold, brave steps to innovation. Mm, so Very kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. I thank you, and um, thank you. we appreciate your time. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.